Alright, how y'all doing? This is an older post that I'm redoing for posterity and clarity. Alright, so we're going to open it up with a Bible verse from Luke. And it is chapter 22, verse 36. Quote, Then said he unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Unquote. This was right before Judas kissed him. So this was when the disciples and Jesus were in the Garden of Gethsemane. And right before Jesus went off to um, to pray. Um, I, I know, when he spent hours in prayer and came back to find all of his fucking buddies asleep. <laughs> so this is right before Judas kissed him for some context. Jesus could turn the other cheek, folks. Jesus was able to be selfish. You motherfuckers are not Jesus. Come on, people. If Christ could see a modern-day temple, he would lose his mind. The temple has gotten so massive, and its tyrannical stranglehold on humanity is naked and easy to see. Jesus was a carpenter, not a banker. <clears throat> How much mockery could Seinfeld get out of that? I can see the episode now. Jesus, a carpenter? His mother must be so upset. Not bad, right? Just add that fucking annoying New York Jewish female accent and the bit sells itself. It really does, right? Oh my god. I mean, that's like half the jokes in Seinfeld. Not as witty as you think. <clears throat> I'm not suggesting that the few verses in the Gospels that mention the... Jesus and, and swords are proof that he wanted us to do anything other than own those swords. Even at the cost of a garment, like maybe a shirt. I think it's safe to say, and not presumptive, to suggest that Jesus knew we were in for hard times and he wanted us to defend ourselves and our loved ones. Certainly Jesus would have been ashamed of a grown-up who shrank from fear rather than protect a child. That's my reading of the text, at least, and I guess it's open for interpretation. And it is. And, I mean, the Bible is open for interpretation. But the way that it's being inter interpreted by some people is just foul and clearly not correct. And these modern-day preachers are really cherry-picking from the Bible, folks. Um, <clears throat> there's a clear delineation here between um, those that chose to accept Jesus Christ as God's only son, and those who um, refused to believe that he was the Messiah. And then there's a the third category. These, this category of the people that absolutely knew he was the son of God, and they chose, you know, with full... Yeah, yeah. They, they knew that he was the son of God, and they chose Satan. So they picked their side and they decided, fuck this cat. If he is God's, if he is the Messiah and we take him out, we can be the Messiah. And thus, Luciferianism was probably born around that time. Right? So, if, I mean, if you're finally going to go, no, 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 we're not going to accept the Messiah. We're going to continue to hold out and wait for our Messiah the way we want him. You know, a guy that's going to let, you know, give us praise and say that we've done all these great things, even though we just deal with money and rip, rip Goyim off. 
Um, yeah, and you have to come up with another religion, and that means worshiping fucking the serpent that gave Eve the um, the knowledge of good and evil. So, because it is in the Gospels, I give it more credit than most of the rest of the books. The Gospels are my favorite books, and since Jesus is the model we are supposed to follow, his biography is important. Yes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you read nothing else in the Bible, read those four books. And you might want to peruse through Revelation, too. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the biographers of Jesus and the disciples that are said to have lived with him. So they're the first-hand um, biographers that we have. So this is the most important part of the Bible, in my opinion. Um, it's my opinion that the vast majority of the Bible was never intended for mass dissemination. I believe the Old Testament is a sacred text that was written for the initiated. And like symbolism, it requires a prior understanding to fully appreciate its significance. So much of it is open for interpretation. And it, oh, boy, is it. What's not open for interpretation is the disgusting condition of Hollywood, Wall Street, and politics in this country. Hollywood has been exposed as an MK Ultra. MK Ultra, Project Monarch, Mind Control, Death Cult. These monsters are into children, drugs, satanic rituals, and Jewish mysticism. The Kabbalah. The Holly Tree is the is the tree the Druids used to make wands from. You okay? Huh? You got that, folks? So Hollywood, yeah, and the Holly Tree. These are not coincidences. It is a cult, right in its very name, and you folks are fucking clueless. They make magic, all right. They magically turn bright, beautiful, and promising young young people, women though, mostly, into whores and sellouts. Just look at every poor young lady to come out of Disney and tell me I'm wrong. These girls are damaged goods. Uh, and by the way, it's not just Hollywood. And the old term for prostitute was actress. <laughs> Isn't that funny? So, turns out, nothing's changed. At a level in your career, you will be on a casting couch with a sleaze bag like Harvey Weinstein, and he will give you an ultimatum. Do something disgusting with my disgusting body, or you will never work in this town again. That's the absolute fact of the matter. And I've heard way too many women tell the same story to believe anything different. Hollywood is absolutely disgusting i would not recommend any disney movies for your children that were made after say um the original um um like uh, animated robin hood i think that is an excellent disney movie um oh it's so wonderful it shows the state as the bad guys the king is the bad guys taxation is the e the great evil and Robin Hood is, is is just an awesome character. So I that Disney movie I love, and I, I've I've shown it to my daughter a hundred times, and my my nephews like a thousand times. But beyond that, um, it yeah, it's full of subliminal programming and evil witchcraft, dude. Watching any mainstream media is so offensive for those of us with to, who can see their symbolism. Our movies are covered in subliminal messages, our TV programming is covered in overt symbolism, and our corporate press are all in bed with Lucifer. 
That's why Dan Rather cut his teeth on the lying account of the Subruder film he gave us in 1963. See, he got to watch the film. He actually bid for it for his network, I believe, NBC. Um, and then he ran, ran to the, the uh, studio out of breath to give us a herring um, account of uh, Kennedy's head being thrown violently, quote, forward after the bullet struck his head. Not, not backwards, like the video clearly shows. He being thrown back into the left after being struck in the front, you know, front right part of his forehead. Anyways. Uh, he, uh, he earned his spoils for that outrageous sin, Dan Rather, that is. He chose to be a part of the ritual instead of report on the truth. To his credit, more than he deserves, this particular event, this, this very first assassination, might have been excused for reasons of misplaced patriotism and a false perception of the greater good. People were being told that, that we were on the verge of nuclear war. You know, that if, if the American people ever found out the truth, we would be in a nuclear exchange with the Russians. That's how they got the press and everybody to go along. They threatened them with global extinction. Yeah. Well, anyways, the assassinations that followed, you know, uh, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, um, Sam Cooke, if you believe that was an assassination, um, King and RFK, you know, yeah, and and the 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 explosion of mass troops in Vietnam and carpet bombing, well, all of that should have showed all of the rathers out there that this coup was just getting started. So, yeah, maybe he had a pass in 1963, but by 69, come on. Man, you at that point you you've been covering up for this click for a, seven years, and you've watched them take full control over your country. And I guess it was worth that thirty pieces of silver. Rather is a Judas. He's dead now, so I hope it was fucking worth it. Looking into the same the name Zapruder is an interesting rabbit hole in and of itself. This is Yiddish, folks, and it means several things. And it's pretty pretty interesting that the best footage we have of that assassination just happens to come from a Yiddish fella that just happened to start recording just a mere couple of seconds before all of the action started. So, I don't know. You know, was, was he recording this blood ritual for, uh, for the Jews that, or excuse me, the click that couldn't make it? I don't know. But I can tell you this. Yiddish isn't Hebrew. It's a bastardized and mongrel version of Hebrew, adopted by Ashkenazi Jews, who aren't, aren't really Jews. They're Ashkenazi. It was originally called Ashkenaz and associated with a high German-Jewish dialect. So that's how it's described in like the etymology. Um... It provides further proof of the Ashkenazi conversion to Judaism. The Yiddish language is the fingerprint of these newcomer Jews. Atheistic Jews are the Ashkenazi Jews. 
Haloni or Halani, I don't, I don't know, I'm not good at Yiddish, is the Yiddish word for these godless Jews, and the Orthodox re religious real Jews want to convert them. If Jesus was here to see what the Jews were up to, and I, Jews I mean click, this, this click hiding among the Jews, <clears throat> I think it's safe to say that he'd make the Bible story look tame. If the moneylenders using the temple as their place of business was enough to give us the only event that can be said to show Jesus acting violent, what would he have done with today's clique who have gone many, many times further in their corruption and blasphemy? Just look at Epstein Island. I mean, that motherfucker built a temple of Solomon. Yeah, to the exact specs found in the Bible. <laughs> and I don't know that... Um, is Solomon part of a Torah? I, I'll have to look into that. I don't know if if they get to uh, King Solomon and David and, and all that uh, by by the first five, but I'll have to look into that. But either way, um, on Epstein Island, you can look it up yourself. There is a fucking Temple of Solomon. So... Yeah, that's the that's that's the real real deal. Um, King David is a hero to the real Jews, you know, the real Israelites. Um, King Solomon is the hero of the Templars and the Masons and the the Jewish mysticism mystists. Or magicians. <clears throat> then there's this, right? The Masons. My great-grandfather and grandfather were both Masons. My grandmother was a part of Job's Daughters, which is like a, like a, it's the female version of Freemasons, Freemasonry, Freemasonry's, um, um, admissions course or whatever right it's it's how they you know can bring their youngsters up to be a part of this fucking crap um well neither my grandfather or my great grandfather ever talked about their experience with the masons the only thing i know is that my grandfather asked to be buried in his mason apron considering the fact that he never groomed me for a lifestyle of such i find it hard to understand why it was so important enough to be buried in his smock my grandpa was a blue-collar truck driver and to him and my grandma, they would socialize through a square dancing club they belonged to. Yeah, square square dancing. You know, my grandparents were were hicks. They you know they no, I, they were not into weird stuff. I never heard him attending or even talking about a Masonic temple. I can't even tell you the degree he was initiated into because it's that secret. Beyond a Masonic ring, we have very little evidence to go off of. And the truth is, the ring could have come from his fucking dad. Because my great-grandfather on that side, um, <clears throat> Ed Banks, Edward Banks, uh, was uh, just a straight-up genius. Um, uh, totally self-educated, and he worked for NASA. Um, now, I don't have any respect for NASA, but he, yes, he was one of, he worked for NASA. He would de help develop some of their simulators, and I have pictures of it, so... The fact that he was a high-level Mason, I don't think is in question. And 
my great grandmother was a wonderful woman who loved football, smoked a pack of Pall Malls a day, and had two fingers of whiskey for lunch for for brunch and three fingers for dinner. <laughs> and she lived into her nineties, and she was very cool. She loved football and shit. I'm having yeah. See. My great grandfather was a pacifist, and I have no idea. He, you know, a pacifist and a Seventh Day Adventist. I have no idea how he was able to split his loyalties from church and lodge. He refused to kill for the U.S. government in World War II, even though he volunteered to serve. I have a very hard time believing he would lie for anyone. He was just—I just—I can't believe it. The man was just had so much integrity. I'm sh- but just blown away that he kept this from us for all these years. But maybe he compartmentalized it. The same way he compartmentalized his his uh, military service, I don't know. This must limit one's advancement through the rites. The wonderfully simple trick the Masons use is to glorify the very lowest degrees. At the third degree, you are made Master Mason. The fact that thirty more levels exist above you are apparently not important to the folks who achieve the right it takes to enter any lodge anywhere, and that's what you get when you get your third degree and you hit Master Mason. You're allowed to enter any lodge anywhere in the world. Now, how far you're allowed to go into that lodge depends on what rank you are, but you're at least allowed to go in and hang out in the lobby if you're a third degree master mason. And they put so much emphasis on these things and these little secrets because they know if you're too immature or untrustworthy to keep small insignificant secrets, that there's no way that you will be able to keep the very significant and you know earth-shattering secrets that they have in store for you in the later rites. so it's it may seem trite and silly oh you know they use these little handshakes and stuff and you know ooh, it's a secret um this is not a fucking clubhouse people no this this is yeah a tried and true method of a people that have lived in secret societies since their time in Babylon, Babylon, right? So when they were conquered by the Babylonians and made to, you know, um, lose their religion, so to speak. Um, yeah, they that that's when the Babylonian Talmud became a reality it's called the babylonian talmud people not moses's talmud or anything or 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 the talmud of judah no 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 babylonian so what's that tell you well thanks to the internet i don't have to see masonry as mysterious or even respectable i know who wrote their books and i know what religion it really practices Albert Pike, Manly P. Hall, and the like introduce us to the personalities that help shape and inspire modern Freemasonry. Albert Pike wrote Rules and Dogma for Freemasonry, which is basically the Bible. And in its preface, you will find him give credit to Lucifer. And in in the fucking book, he makes the connection to the light bringer and Lucifer and wisdom and knowledge, right? And... uh, you know, this this whole becoming becoming God yourself is all just yeah gross and comes from 
from these things. And these folks have told us that, um, yeah, well, first of all, they're Luciferian, not Christian. And the fact it, it, the fact is they all really appreciate the Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism. Without Jewish mysticism, there is no Freemasonry. They take all of their rights from, from Judaism. In fact, these men have said that if you take Judaism out of Freemasonry, you have nothing left. Why is Madonna into the Kabbalah? Why do Jay-Z and the like insist upon using Freemasonry signs and symbols? Well, because they are sold out to Satan, and it's the synagogue of Satan where they worship. The enemies of the Bible like to harp on the contradictions they say exist. This is no surprise. It's the reaction and lame defense that confuses me. My whole life I have been around Christians who refuse to stand up for their beliefs. Christianity has guided Europeans throughout the last couple thousand years. It's the cross that has brought Europeans together and given them commonality. Just look at what your Christian Europe has achieved. Conquest and discovery of the world, missionary projects to see God's word reach even the most backwards tribes in existence today. Now you people won't even disrespect a Muslim who your ancestors would have gladly banished or killed. I don't want them to be banished, but I also don't want to cater to their religion. The mosques, disrespected women, and their deranged law are all garbage, and they have no place in a Christian country. And yes, gosh darn it, America is a Christian country. We were founded on the belief of God-given natural rights. So, yes, we are a God-fearing people. Why this has to be said by me, a person that has no church, I have no idea. I would suggest that fellowship that forces conformity on you has nothing to do with God. Who do you follow, men or God? Are you constantly told to turn the other cheek? Does Jesus tell you to be a doormat? Are you just copping out for the end times? I am so fucking sick of Christians that know about the enemy but are convinced that this is God's plan. Well, what if the devil had the same fucking book you do, you fucking idiots? What if they just want to exploit your misunderstanding of the Bible to bring in the New World Order? The Bible is cryptic, ancient, and it's a collection of works. It should be studied and appreciated by everyone just for those facts alone, regardless of your beliefs. And so should all ancient works. You know, um, all of the Zadic writings from the India, all of the um, um, Muslim works too. We should, you know... We should know these things. You know, ignorance of these things don't help you out. Anyways. <clears throat> that said, the Bible today is the guiding manual to Christians and legitimate Jews. That is. It gives a historical account mixed with hidden meaning and prophecy for what has been, is to come, and what will be. The New Testament is really where Christianity starts, and it relieves us of all those old laws and customs. Jesus was a hard break from all of the previous Jews. After Jesus came and presented himself to the Jews of his time, the good ones converted, the evil ones had him crucified. And then there was a majority of Jews that just just didn't think he, you know, just thought he was another false prophet. Um, but there was a clique of Jews that decided that he was the son of God and that they were going to make war upon God and Christianity until they had global control. And thus the click began and its mission statement was pursued. 
Well, let's get things straight. If you read and live by the Bible, you are a Christian. The Torah is only the first five books of the Old Testament. I like Psalms and Proverbs as much as anyone, but you tell me, where did they come from? The books of Moses are all wrapped up well before they even get to Kings. And the Old Testament gets really, really pretty nasty um, in, 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 towards the end of it. Um, it really starts getting vindictive and starts just um, basically saying that Jews are going to take over the world. And in the end of the day, end days, they will have all of the wealth of the world and they will uh, rule over the goyim like um, slaves. That's in the Old Testament. Okay? So, the Talmud has nothing to do with the Bible. Nothing. And the authors are the Pharisees Jesus spent his whole life at war with. These Babylonian douchebags who warped the religion of Moses to accommodate Babylonian mystery schools are running the fucking world. The mystery schools of Babylon are the Illuminati, Masons, New Age, whatever you want to call it. Time to decide, Christians. Who do you serve? Do you really think this is the end times and all God wants you to do is stand around and wait for the rapture? Self-righteous inaction isn't anything to be proud of. Just like the Jews can't force their false messiah by making war in the Middle East, you can't hasten your trip to paradise by checking out of the fight. If this is the tribulation, why the fuck aren't you fighting? You know, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Fight evil? Why aren't you slaughtering the abusers of children? Children are being destroyed by your indifference, but you think Jesus wants you as a friend? A pagan that saves a child from an Epstein would be shown far more grace than a Christian who says nothing of a member or leader who hurt a child. And that, that's the end of the article. Um, that's, I'm sick of it, man. You, you fucking Christians need to read your Bible. Read the Bible. Don't listen to some asshole tell you what it says. Read it yourself. And if you don't want the King James Version, get the Holy Bible. Stay away from the NIV Version. There's a whole bunch of misinterpretations in that version. And it was written by people that aren't Christians. So, stay away from that shit. Um, and, you know, all the popular Christian bullshit is garbage, man. You know... I understand if you have kids and you want them to have something that sounds worldly, but isn't you know, but doesn't have all the nasty lyrics and stuff. Uh, too bad, too fucking bad. You know, when I was a kid, the biggest name in Christian music was like a dude named like something William Smith or I don't know. I even went to one of these concerts. In the end. What it felt like to me was being in one of those mega churches, you know. It felt very gross, anti-religious. It was a stadium. I mean, you know, Jesus said, anytime two or more of you come together to worship me, that's a church. Okay? So, these stadiums of so-called Christians just forking their fucking money over to this guy with, you know, the whitest teeth I've ever seen, Joel Alstein. Come on, people. And that dude's 
I guarantee he's a Mason, which means he's more interested in the Kabbalah than he is the Bible. So I hope this makes things a little bit clearer and clears up things and makes a little bit more distinction between the clique that I'm constantly talking about and the good people that just happen to be Jewish. Okay? I'm talking about Ashkenazi in, in you know, imposters. You know, the people that call themselves Jews but are not. The Bible warns us of these people and the synagogue of Satan. And now I'm warning you of them too. So, y'all have a good day and take care of each other. Peace out.